If you're in the market for a super addictive puzzle game, you have to check out Mini Motorways on Apple Arcade. It's a city planning strategy puzzler with an incredibly satisfying gameplay loop. Enjoy unlimited access to over 200 incredibly fun games with no ads and no in-app purchases. From puzzle and adventure games to sports, racing and multiplayer action games, everyone can count on finding something to love. Head to sifter.com.au slash arcade to start your free trial of Apple Arcade today. That's sifter.com.au slash arcade for a free one-month trial of Apple Arcade, and you'll be supporting independent video games journalism. New subscribers only, $9.99 a month after free trial. Plan automatically renews after trial until cancelled. Pixel Sift. Hello and welcome to Pixel Sift, the show dedicated to indie games from around Australia and the world. My name is Mitch Lowe and I'll be your host for this episode. Now my guests this evening are creator Dune Kazoo and developer Adrian Tosello from Art of Rally. Thanks for joining me, Dune and Adrian. Yeah, pleasure to be here. So good to be here. Now I'm really looking forward to finding out more about your game, so let's get into it. Hey there, if you're enjoying the show and you want to hear more, subscribe to Pixel Sift on Apple Podcasts, Pocket Casts, Spotify, or listen on pixelsift.com.au. See you there. So this evening, I'm joined by Dune Kazoo and Adrian Tosello, two creators and two developers of Art of Rally by Fun Selector. So um, I guess we'll start off with you, dune because you are the creator and this is your vision um can you tell us a bit more about art of rally and exactly what it is art of rally is a racing game that focuses focuses on the motorsport called rally which is um point to point racing where you drive where you just go as fast as you can on closed roads by yourself you don't race physically with other cars and so the game is just about uh, mastering the skill it's a so rally driving in the game is more difficult than a than an arcade game it's close to it's kind of in between it straddles like the arcade and simulation style of handling so you really have to be on it just to to survive the stages in the game and uh so it's it's the game is based and is a pretty much a love letter to the famous and legendary group b series of rally um, what what about that particular uh, genre or rule set did you find compelling enough to really want to dedicate a game to? Yeah, I guess the moment you see the old footage from back in the like the nineteen eighties when it happened, you just it just is crazy. <laughs> like the cars, the jumps, the spectators, um, the beautiful surroundings that they're racing in. It's just very. It was just a very crazy and dangerous and wild time where they were just figuring out. Like the limits of the cars, what they can do, pushing the limits way too much. It was extremely dangerous. And yeah, I think the whole rally community just has a, looks upon it with a golden, through a golden lens, I guess. <laughs> Even though it's extremely dangerous and it would not be around today in, its, in, that, in that form. And uh, what are some of the elements of the golden age of rally did, that you thought you really had to include? Um, well, yeah, we're, so there's no like license. Cars in the game were all inspired by 
historical cards. Um, so yeah, there's lots of iconic shapes that are that people will hopefully recognize. Um, the speeds, they're just very crazy and the huge jumps that they do in rally, like it was, hadn't been seen before. Like those cars, they could go as fast as a form, like their acceleration was as fast as a Formula One car back in those days, sometimes even faster. So you just take these insane cars, put them on these, like roads that normal people drive on and um, just dash them through spectators. Like they would just dash through huge crowds of spectators that would just open up like as if you're parting, parting the sea, I'd say. <laughs> so Adrian, over to you. So you joined the team, I believe, earlier this year, didn't you? Uh, yeah, it was around Dune. Yeah. So what, what was it like joining a team? Because um, at, at that point, Art of Rally was, uh, was well into development at that point. What was it like joining a team um, that kind of already had a pretty solid platform? Yeah, it was interesting. I mean, it was, it was pretty much just Dune at that stage. Um, and I believe Dune, you'd been working on the game for four years at that point. Is that correct? Uh, yeah, since 2015. Yeah, yeah. So it was a little bit like, um, you know, digging through someone's passion project. So I was really uh, mindful of being respectful of what was already there and trying to slot myself into the project in a way that worked with how Dune was working. Um, yeah, it was it was an interesting experience. I, I really appreciated getting to come in uh, to a game that was mostly fully formed, and just being able to polish it for that the last stretch leading up to release. What does what does putting the finishing touches on a game mean in terms of programming? Uh, well, in this case, it meant um, putting. To, um, have you played the game recently? Yes, I have. Uh, so the free room, um, the whole free room uh, game state wasn't implemented yet so part of what i was doing was um placing all of the collectibles in the free room setting up the logic behind tracking whether those collectibles had had been picked up by the player um and also the system of unlocking uh songs and the and the following free room levels so that kind of that kind of logic wasn't yet in the game the core logic of the game like how the cars move uh starting and finishing stages your career progression was in the game um but those other kind of final touches were yet to be done. What people like me normally think, and for people who don't know much about game development, is we. Um, I I used to think the code was the first thing that laid, got laid down. Um, it can be. I mean, it really depends how you want to run your project. Um, uh, generally, when I'm running my own projects, I'll do the design first, the game design, um, and generally I'll do that on paper. So before any code gets put into a project, I'll figure out the rules of the game probably in some kind of like board game version of what the game might be. Um, but I, I believe, June, you're more of a code-led developer. Is that correct? You kind of just dive in with the code? I like to do a lot of paper for it. I guess this was just, I don't know, I came about just messing around, just taking what we had in Fantasy Drift and putting it in Rally. But yeah, it's kind of like, make something that looks cool, feels good, and then do designing. So there's a lot of like back and forth. And I, to me, that makes sense in Art of Rally because it's so much about the feel of the cars. Uh, I feel like that's something that's quite hard to prototype on paper. Um, so if I was making a, a project like this from scratch, I think I would take that approach as well. Yeah, like racing games are not like puzzle games or like they're not super in-depth, like super deep design-wise. It's not like a, a crazy like don't starve roguelike or something. <laughs> the big thing is just driving around making you feel good. Um, 
And yeah, also getting that progression of the game and all the different game modes and game design sorted out. Obviously, the art, in Art of Rally, the feel of how the cars perform is very important. How did you achieve the kind of forced feedback that, that makes the player feel a certain way when the car turns a corner? Just a lot of tweaking parameters. Like it's a car physics plugin um, that, we've been, that we've been using. And there's just many, many parameters that you can adjust, like too many. <laughs> so you have to have a huge like, understanding of if you change one parameter, how it's going to affect other things as well. And you need to really find the, find the range of the use, like find a usable range that um, that will feel good across the like across different types of um, driving environments. And also, you have to scale it for the, the different classes of the cars. So, like slow cars to medium speed cars to the fastest cars to like a van. Like it's all um, it's all a lot of tweaking. It took many years, I and mean, we were still tweaking right up right up until launch. <laughs> And one thing that I was struck by, I mean, I haven't made many car games before, but in the past when I have, um, I think things like how the car physics work have been very simple. And so for instance, the last one I made with Jay McBain, we just had a sphere collider that rolled around and that was how we controlled the cars. And one thing I was really struck by joining the AR, AOR team is that the cars are all actually physically modeled. So for instance, like there is a drivetrain, there's an arcade, there's all of this kind of more intense um, stuff going on. And I, I feel like that plays a large part into why the cars feel the way they do. So like the world is actually interacting with all the different bits. Yeah, like there's wheel physics, uh, uh, you know, there's yeah all kinds of crazy stuff going on. I did like how um, in uh, when, especially when you take advantage of the photo mode, um, you can see the suspension all moving and interacting with the gravity. Exactly. When the car, when the car becomes light, even before it leaves the ground, the front of the car is leaving first, and then the back of the car leaves after it, and it's and the suspension acts accordingly. Yeah, and that's not that's not animate like that's not something that's canned. That's like the physical interaction of those parts actually being modeled in the system, which is um, from my perspective pretty interesting. Speaking of the photo mode, was that always in the game? Was that always an important element? Uh, no, we must have added it like two years ago, maybe maybe year and a half ago? I'm trying to remember. What was I doing in a year and a half ago? <laughs> Let's say it was added like two years ago. Um, yeah, it was awesome. Like, so we just added it. I don't remember why. Someone said it would look cool. And yeah, it's probably one of the best decisions that we made for this game, just in terms of like marketing and also finding bugs. Like people have found so many bugs with photo mode. Like it's just so useful <laughs> to be able to go around to exactly where you want to go. And even in a replay, you can like still put the camera where you want and just we've had a lot of nice bugs um, found by this. And of course, like videos and pictures created by players as well. I must thank you as a content creator. That photo mode is so easy to use and comprehensive. <laughs> and, and the way you've designed the game, like every single screenshot just looks like a desktop background. It's amazing. It, oh, um, awesome. That, that's one of the, it's one of the comments that, I've been getting a lot because of the 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 we've done two plays of um, Art of Rally on a, one of our streams, um, on our channel, and one of the comments that I'm getting a lot from people that have watched it is saying, "Wow, every single frame of this game looks like a desktop background." It's such a pretty game. <laughs> <laughs> so I guess part of why it looks so good is 
the pretty intense lighting systems you've got going on, especially when the cars are um, driving at night. Um, can you tell me a bit about how that works? Yeah, so it's just volumetric lighting. So just, I guess, normal, like maybe like stock lighting for the game engine that we're using. At the time when I started the game, it's just like as if in the air, it's completely clean. There's no particles, no anything. So light goes through it and it's just, you don't really, it's just very like sharp, sharp lines, um, very stark like shadows and everything. But this kind of simulates particles in the air. So it like diffracts the light a bit and makes everything a lot softer. And you can also tell like the direction of the light, even if you're not looking at the light, just by the kind of glow it shows. And then at nighttime, it's just headlight, just a spotlight. So like nighttime is actually the most simple type of lighting. Uh, so I was pretty surprised that people really enjoy it. <laughs> it's just, just a spotlight. <laughs> Moving from moving from lighting to sound now, so we noticed very quickly that Art of Rally each car has a very unique engine sound. Um, did you? How did you develop those? Were they were they recorded from real cars, or did you have to did you have to construct those? Um, it's kind of a wash. We originally we started we had a bunch of um, audio files from the first game from the plugin, so we kind of like mixed and matched a bunch of those, and then after we. Were, um, trying to synthesize a bit and also do some like recording from historic cars. But yeah, then Slava, our, our sound guy, came in after and just like, <laughs> he's way better than I am at this stuff. Right. So, so Slava did the, did the soundtrack and the, and the, uh, and the audio work as well, huh? I'm um, a bunch of it. Like we gave him a bunch of our, my mixed up stuff. It was, some was pretty bad. And he just like did a, did a pass over everything. And kind of filled in the holes when we needed it. How did you find Adrian? Because you were obviously very far away geographically from him. <laughs> One of my good friends and, and, a, and a colleague, uh, Jay McBain, um, worked at Dinosaur Polo Club, the New Zealand studio. Uh, yeah, yes, awesome games. And um, I believe the owners of that studio did an indie mega booth with Dune at some stage. Is that correct, Dune? Yeah, 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 I knew them from, um, I showed my first game at the same, I was in the mini booth, so we were, um, we just met there in 2015, I think, and I was like a huge fan of Mini Metro, so they actually introduced me to Jer um, via email, and then um, just about talking, I think he was just interested just for like some PC, about like some, what we did with Absolute Good for the PC, and he was super helpful, and then yeah. Introduced me to Adrian and then basically all the rest of the developers, Jacob, Aaron. And from my perspective, um, what really caught me about the game and made me want to work on it was the visual style. I'm not really like a car person. I don't know much about rally or, or anything. I like the look of cars, but I've never really been into racing games. But the, the look of Art of Rally really struck me. Um, and that made it really attractive to work on. Speaking of the cars now, one of the recent updates or the recent update you released, um, you made a lot, you made some of the background vehicles that you kind of pass in the field um, as you drive past them. You made them drivable, for example, the logging truck and, uh, and some of the other service vehicles. Um, where, where did that idea come from? I guess it was just funny. Like I, I made the game, kind <laughs> of the game in my camper van. So I always wanted to be drivable in the game. I thought it'd be funny. And then... A lot of like the rally service vans are really cool, like the way they look and their design. 
they're just iconic boxy little bands. So I want them to be like in the game somehow. And then um, we just had them travel because we could. It was fun. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I guess it's just, just a big Easter egg. <laughs> so Adrian mentioned that all the vehicles had drivetrains and and real physics. Did was all that when you designed the background cars, did you have to add all that into the into the vehicle when you decided to make it playable? Um, yeah, we just like copy and paste what are like a slowish car in the game and then just like <laughs> we basically like, stick the model of the of the van on top of it, do some modifications. So Which sometimes has some funny effects, right? Like we have a three wheeler car in the game that has like four tire tracks. Have you noticed that? <laughs> I especially like the logging truck. Because that just it it handles like it handles really well for a for an eight ton logging truck. <laughs> Can you explain to me the Buddha at the beginning of the game? Because I, I I going into Art of Rally, I was very excited, and um, and but when you're met with uh, two things that pleasantly surprised me about the game, and they're nothing to do with driving, is one the the blood type selecting your blood type at the beginning of the game. Um, I adored uh, because like all the all the great rally cars of the era had blood type written on the. Uh, oh, you know about it? Okay, that's good. Written on the panel work, and I yeah. thought, oh, that's brilliant. And then I had to. Um, I had a strong feeling that it probably wouldn't affect the gameplay, and it doesn't. But I I found myself looking for my blood donation card to figure out what my blood type was to to make sure it was right, just in case I crashed. Um, but also talk me through the inspirational speech of the Buddha at the beginning of the of the game. So yeah, it's just a harkens back to my first game, Absolute Drift, where when you start the game, you're greeted by this Buddha. So that was, <laughs> I guess, conceived from the motorsport drifting, which it's which Absolute Drift is about. So drifting originated in Japan. So I just thought we could use a Buddha. He um, can be like your kind of your friend that you first enter and he guides you on your drifting journey. And then when you finish Absolute Drift, you, you see him again. So, Oh, I figured I'd just copy and paste that in. Yeah, I don't know. It was because... a long time ago. I don't really... Yeah, it was like six years ago when I was making that. I don't know. I just thought it was funny and weird. <laughs> and then it just has this huge kind of made-up story or like more about how what Rally is, how it was created. It, it was it was just such a pre- pleasant surprise to see that, and then I, I the the Buddha kind of rises out of the ground and like addresses the car, not a person. It's like it it it's great. <laughs> I, I I loved I loved every moment of it. Thank you for putting it in the game. <laughs> so I did want to ask. Uh, so this so the next couple of questions, I guess, we aimed at both of you. Um. So how did how did you guys get your start uh, in game development? I guess uh, we'll start with you, Dune. Well, basically, being in engineering school, um, failing my computer science class the first time I took it, and then redoing it the next year, done, doing well, and then realizing that I should probably just go into computer science. My mom told me to, or my mom said, like, suggested I check it out because my engineering grades um, so are good. So then I was like, okay, so I went to a little class, um, checked it out, and then enrolled into basically software. It's cool to be a software programmer. So that was like two years. Then after that, um, is either choosing to do network security or game development. 
And I just didn't want to do network, secu network security, but I also thought making video games is kind of like a waste of time. Um, but I just went out, like chose it anyways. And then it was a two-year program. And now I just, I just loved it right from the start. I was like, this is super fun. You can just, just do really cool. I don't know, I, the limits are kind of, you're not that limited. Um, as in like a normal programming, or as in like normal software development. So it's like art, music, sound, gameplay. Like you can just have fun, I guess. Uh, I have a much less traditional path into game development, to be honest with you. Um, I studied audio engineering uh, and then worked for a little bit in recording studios, uh, but didn't really like that. Uh, and then I had played music all through high school, so uh, studied uh, jazz performance at university on the saxophone. Uh, and towards the end of that, I shifted to contemporary classical composition um, and finished my honors in, in composition. Um, and as part of composition, the, the honors program was split into two streams. We had um, traditional classical music and uh, contemporary electronic music. And in the electronic component, we got to work on programming tools that created music, generative music. Um, and I'd always been interested in game development through my whole life. Like I'd always designed games on paper and a few times had tried to dabble in code, but it always found it too, um, too difficult. But after completing the honors in, in composition and seeing that I could do code in this musical sphere, I was like, well, maybe I can also code games. Um, so from there, I started learning Game Maker Studio and from there I jumped into Unity and then just started releasing my own indie games um, and eventually formed a company and then uh, started um, uh, doing contract work. And yeah, here I am. I see you troubleshooting a lot on uh, social media, uh, dude. What, what, what has that been like? Because I'm, I'm looking through your Twitter, you're answering questions all the time. And how, how's that been? Yeah, I guess well, on Twitter, the fun selector slash my personal account is the company account. So I just get random tweets from there for support, which is, that's just how it goes, unfortunately. <laughs> um, but so we also have like a Discord where we have actual like channels for bug reporting. So that it's a lot easier to handle that stuff there as well. I spend a lot of my time in that channel. <laughs> what, what's some of the feedback been like um, for Art of Rally? Good, yeah. Like honestly, I'm pretty happy with the reception. Um, so it depends. Like a lot of the in the racing community, the people who are more into sim games, um, or at least have played like a lot of racing games and like simulator games, they find this game like kind of like a break or like some sort of relaxation from like the hardcore, like super realistic um, racing games. So it's fun to see them like really get into this game and be super good at it and just do things I haven't seen before. Um, but yeah, for people who don't play racing games, like this is definitely a hard game to get into. It requires, yeah, more of like sim simulator skills. I mean, I'm always, as someone who's coming from outside of, of like the, the rally and race scene, I, I was struck by like how passionate um, a lot of the players are um, about, about, like rally in general, but the, there is something about the game that seems to really resonate with them, um, which is a really lovely thing to see. What does a typical workday 
look like for you two on Art of Rally? I, um, because you're an international team, you obviously start at different times. What's that like? I could, yeah, I really like it. I mean, our time like crosses over in my morning and June's afternoon. So generally, I'll have messages waiting from from June from his his day that I can then like check up on and talk to him about um, in the morning. And then my first port of call is usually uh, checking the bug report channel, um, getting back to any players about what's going on, um, and then formulating like a priority list for the rest of the day um, that balances bug fixing with uh, integrating new features. Um, and then leaving any notes for Dune at the end of my day, which he can then pick up on, on his new day. Like before it was just me, so it was a lot easier. I could just chill and work on the game. But now I, I guess I'm managing, um, managing the company and the people that, that, were, um, that we've hired. So I guess a typical day, just wake up, check the emails. Um, kind of scroll through social media, like see if and um, answer some, just like answer questions or like see what's going on, and also check out our Discord. So we have a some like pretty active community. So just to see like <laughs> what's going on. Like some days wake up and something's broken. So, <laughs> um, like one day, like our web server went down. So just because of all, like we had a we just like exceed the bandwidth. So I, that was just a little crazy. So I guess just like kind of, kind of putting up fires, um, doing some meetings. And then like once I've kind of had like all the biz dev stuff in somewhat of a good place, then I can go back to like tackling the game and um, just planning out our next features. And yeah, but I do like development is my favorite thing to do. I wish I could do more. That's awesome. I, I guess uh, to round off the episode, finish off with a final question. Um, what's next for Art of Rally and uh, Fun Selector? Ah, uh, we're talking about this a little bit. Um, well, we're just going to be adding more updates to Art of Rally. That's pretty much. Yeah, I guess we'll finish it one day, and then hopefully. <laughs> <laughs> one day. <laughs> we can't really say anything, like because we don't really have any sub plans, but um. But there are plans in the motion. Things are brewing. Yeah, this game is. We've been working on it. Like I've been working on it for so long. So it's, it's been a thing since 2015. So it'd be nice to finish it and stop working on it one day and fin- and start at least relax for a bit and then start something new. So there is a definitive conclusion in sight for Art of Rally. Um, we're hoping so. Yeah, it's just we're we're putting out these big up like we're releasing a big update on Monday called the Heritage Heritage Update, and we're just gonna see how players react to it and then if we should. Like if we need, if we should add more features, more locations. We are we are working on some new locations and um, yeah, more, more features and new things for twenty twenty one for sure. Excellent. Well, um, that that's uh, all we got time for. Uh, thank you very much for joining me, Dune and Adrian. Thank you so much. It was a real pleasure. Yeah, thank you guys. So if you want to find out more about Art of Rally, uh, you can visit artofrally.com. Uh, all the information is there, or you can follow Fun Selector. On Twitter, Art of Rally is available on Steam, Epic, and GOG. Pixel Sift is produced by Scott Quigg, Sarah Island, Fiona Bartholomeus, Daniel Ang, Adam Christo, and Johnny Gini Giovanni is our producer. And of course, I also help out every now and again. My name is Mitch Lowe. As always, we'll be sticking the links to everything we talked about on this episode in the show notes of our website, pixelsift.com 
pixelsift.au. Um, and if you come join us on a Discord, we'd love to have you there. That's pixelsift.com.au forward slash Discord, where you can share your creative work, talk about topics and games, and anything else. That's pixelsift.com.au forward slash Discord. And if you like what we do, can we ask a favor? Um, we need your help to share the show so you can tell a friend and subscribe your brothers and sisters, um, start someone's journey into podcasts, because we know that getting started is tricky. But once you do, you'll be you'll be too in love to leave. And really, it's not that tricky you can just go on spotify and whatever your podcast player of choice is and subscribe if you really like it um so that is all uh for pixel sift for this episode once again thank you very much dune and adrian for joining me and talking about art of rally thank you so much it's a pleasure we'll catch you next time see you later Did you know that the original Final Fantasy creator, Hironobu Sakaguchi, made a spiritual successor to that legendary series called Fantasian for Apple Arcade, and every level in the game is a handmade, physical miniature model. Enjoy unlimited access to over 200 incredibly fun games with no ads and no in-app purchases. From puzzle and adventure games to sports, racing, and multiplayer action games, everyone can count on finding something to love. Head to sifter.com.au forward slash arcade to start your free trial of Apple Arcade today at sifter.com.au forward slash arcade for a one month free trial of Apple Arcade and you'll be supporting independent video games journalism. This offer is for new subscribers only $9.99 a month after free trial. Plan automatically renews after trial until cancelled.